what happens to an eyeball when it gets blood. You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rage. Orny? We were attacked by a werewolf. I'm not listening to this. On the moors, we were attacked by a lycanthrope. A werewolf. I was murdered. An unnatural death. And now I walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf's curse is lifted. Shut up. The wolf's bloodline must be severed. Get me back, my Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we finish up our discussions for 1980s werewolf movies up next if you like two dudes traveling to london trying to get some action but they go to some small town that has some slaughtered lamb place in it if you like our our guy named david hitting on a nurse if you like a very cool werewolf uh, transformation and of course if you like comedy this is the review for you brother because the Retro Blood is talking all about an American werewolf in London. J.K. Klein, J. Allison, what's going on, Allison? I've heard you've been uh, I've heard you've been bit by one of the werewolves uh, this week here on the uh, the Retro Blood. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I feel like I'm turning into a werewolf, man. Something's really, really wrong. Basically, um, I feel what I feel like is exactly how David felt when he was. Uh, uh, waiting on uh, her, the nurse to come back from the uh, from work the first yeah. night, he became the werewolf, and he's like on the floor screaming. That's pretty much my life. Right <laughs> yeah, now. he's just like I don't know. Where I was like, oh fuck, Jesus! Oh. <laughs> so I was gonna ask yeah. you, Allison, since you're feeling our boy David, you know, did, it, have you been hitting on any British nurses? Because you know, it's the time. No, yeah, it is the time. But no, I mean, as you can tell from my voice, I'm I don't feel like hitting on anybody right now. Yeah. But the show must go on. The we show must the show, go on, right? brother. Yes. Yeah. Like our uh, like our pro wrestling counterparts all say, the show must go on, brother. But um, you know, this is going to be a, a, a interesting one because you know I, I actually have some uh, uh, polarizing opinions about this movie. Like, there's some parts I didn't really like that much. Really? Is this something that's going to make me quit the show? Oh uh, well, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, because because I love this movie. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> Okay, so I'll break it down to everybody and you, Allison, right here, right now. Okay. So this is my first time watching this. Now I've heard I know, about. It was yeah. I yes. I know it's a famous one, so that's why I'm saying it's kind of be a, like maybe like a polarizing opinion because I know this movie has a big cult following. Okay. I know a lot of people like this movie, and yeah, I know that uh, it, it has a like I said a big cult fa- following, and it did really well even when it got released. On the original release date, um, through the uh, theaters so, as well. So let me guess, you didn't know it was a comedy. No, I no, no. I knew it. Was, so I knew what it was a comedy. Okay, okay? and right. I knew what the sh- the movie was about, werewolves. But you know, I can get into it right now. But I'll you know, I'll, I'll explain myself on the review part. Okay, that's fine. But sure. I thought this movie was hurt by the comedy more than it helped it. Because I thought, you know, because I'm I'm looking at also to the story and the, what happened at the end, 
and they left you like with the fucking sad ass, you know, a sad story. It's kind of like more like a drama, you know, on some parts towards the end. And and maybe because, you know, I'm watching it in, you know, Gimmick Brother 2023, not 1981. Yeah. Like some of the comedy right. was just going right past K-fape, me. Kayfabe Brother. Yeah, Kayfabe Brother. Um, but, hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> um, so uh, I see what you're saying. And I'm sure we'll talk about that when we do the in-depth review. Um, I see what you're saying. Like it, it's so by the end of it, it's so serious um, that it doesn't make sense for it, for it to be funny earlier in the movie. But at the same time, sometimes people are funny and not as serious before something really bad happens. Yeah. Um, like the zoo scene, I could see what you're saying because like that was like comedy that was written when maybe that would have been better if it were more serious. Yeah, maybe, you know, with the, with the yeah, we'll get it to, but the, you know, David being naked, getting the balloons from the kid, or, you know, like, getting the, uh, the, the little, it was waiting in line to get to her flat. All right. So, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk well, about all yeah. that. Plus, like, how did he ride the bus? Well, you know, he got the, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe in the pocket, you know, I mean, was the, uh, like, a, he had a little ticket in there. Maybe, maybe, so. maybe she had some money in her pocket. Yeah, so. that is didn't show us that, but yeah. yeah. But we'll, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about it in long form because there's a lot, lot to talk about when it comes to this movie. And like I'll say, like you know, I explain myself on some stuff that I thought was just a little. I just like it. Just for me, the overall story, like I get it. You know, the guy, the director guy, is a, a huge guy when he made comedies and stuff. He's trying to make this movie for a long time. It is. I thought yeah. the movie was hurt a little bit by the comedy. Okay, so don't. don't <laughs> True. Don't Landis go to is a comedy mm-hmm. director, though. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it is a. It, it was you know released has a comedy, so I get it. So, but um, let's get into the uh, the full episode breakdown, everybody. And by the way, everybody, join the Retro Blood YouTube page. I've been putting a lot of work in there. I got. All the episodes, well, not all the episodes. I got uh, a couple of the episodes, recent episodes, on YouTube. So if you guys, you know, just another platform you for everybody to listen to it for free. Uh, when you do listen to the YouTube version, though, you will not hear the song at the end. Because, you know, YouTube, they'll, they'll do this yeah. copyright shit. And I was just like, I'm tired of like getting that. all my shit getting copyrighted. So I just take it out. All right. Yeah. So just go listen to it on your own. All right. <laughs> and then I got a bunch of you. <laughs> All right. I'm like I'm like I'm like our boy Jack. You know what I mean? I just come here, I just tell you what to do while I'm having a melted face. Okay. Right. So you know, also too on there we got the Retro Bud shorts. Um, hopefully by by now I was be able to release the Halloween six one. So everybody go check that out one. And I did that one a little differently than I do other ones. So I want to see how how that works out. I'll post that on the uh, the Facebook page and the group page as well too. And, of course, we got the RetroBud Bites on there, which are little short clips from the show. So, everybody go check it out. I'm trying to give the YouTube page some love on there. And, of course, you know, Instagram, Facebook, we're on all of them, brother. We're, we are we have the whole gamut everywhere. So, like us on there. Um, I did post a couple concert videos that I like to do on there, too, um, on, on the Facebook page. So you guys get more, you know, than just, like, our shows dropping and stuff. You get, you get extra shit on there, too. But let's get into some of the history of what was going on in the world. 
of the pro wrestling and the metal music around the release date of An American Werewolf in London. So this movie, so we're back in 1981. Apparently, the apparently the 1981 loves their werewolf movies. So we're in yeah. we're in August 21st, 1981. All right, that's when it was released in the U.S. Everybody, okay. So the first thing I kind of want to talk about is a is a wrestling persona that I know I don't know like in depth about, but I know he's one of the most um, influential wrestlers. For, for a lot of like new wrestlers even nowadays today, especially in Japan. Okay. Yes. So and this day is actually pretty crazy because uh, August twenty first, nineteen eighty one is when this man made his debut in wrestling. So it was like his first match was on this date when this movie came out in the U.S. So I thought that was super interesting. So his name is uh, Misawa. Uh, what's it, Mitsuri Misawa? Mitsuharu. Mitsuharu Misawa. Mitsuharu Misawa. All right. So there's a couple things about him. So, mm-hmm. you know, his, his career is, I mean, I don't. we don't have enough time on this podcast to talk about his whole career and everything. So, you know, like we said, we kind of, you know, zip on by and talk about, you know, metal and, and, and the pro wrestling on here just to give you guys a little extra. Uh, but what I want to let you know about this guy is he would eventually become... A huge star in Japan. Okay. He would be known as one of the four greats of Japan. All right. He'd also. Of all Japan, yeah. Of all Japan, yes. One of the top four stars of Japan at that at this time. And he would also don the mask of Tiger Mask as well, too. And he is the founder of the uh, a pro wrestling organization still going on nowadays, and that's Pro Wrestling Noah. Hmm, okay. Yes. Um, yeah, Masawa is like. He's probably the most famous wrestler that I've never really seen wrestle much. Because yes. um, I think, because you're, you're right, I think he was the first, maybe not the first, but in the 80s, he was Tiger Mask. And then in the 90s, he took he took the mask off and wrestled under his own name, I believe. Yeah, so so how it worked, how it worked was in 1981, he wrestled Hazmasawa, right? He didn't don right. the Tiger Mask gimmick until 1984. All right. Okay. So then, when he took off the mask in 1990, people were like, "Oh shit, that guy was the Tiger Mask the whole time." We know this guy when he was wrestling early in the 80s. So that's how kind of like the mystique and everything, and uh, uh, you know, this this Japanese this persona was inspired. The, the Tiger Mask persona was inspired by the title character in a uh, a manga series called Tiger Mask. So that's kind of like how mm-hmm. they got the whole mask. I mean, there's been many tiger mask uh, throughout history as well too and i believe i believe didn't like didn't koto Ibushi do the tiger mask gimmick for a little bit yeah when they brought tiger wait was it tiger mask well i know he was like a yeah, mask wrestler yeah it was because <sighs> i was i was trying to think because like it's weird that you would ask me that because i because it was an anime series based on it that had like yeah. new japan wrestlers in it um, but then they decided to do those live, and I'm pretty sure it was Tiger Mask um, because Judas Robinson was the villain, who was named the red, red, the red guy. I can't remember his name right yeah. now. Um, but yeah, and when they had them come to life in, in real New Japan, Kota Ibushi played the Tiger Mask character. Um, 
But there was also a tiger mask at the same time, like the old tiger mask. Yeah. Yeah, the tiger mask uh, stuff, it can be a little confusing. But I do like how there was an evil twin called Black Tiger. <laughs> and, like, the Black Tiger would mostly be, like, foreign talent. Like, Eddie Guerrero played, like, the Black Tiger and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But there's been, like, many, many, like, tiger masks throughout the uh, the years. Yeah, Wild Pegasus was the one I was thinking about, but that was uh, Chris Benoit's. That's Benoit. Yeah. But the tiger mask, let's see. Um. Yeah, so Tiger Mask W was the name of that anime series. Yes. So Koto Ibushi was Tiger Mask Zero. So apparently, like, so the, the Tiger Mask gimmick kind of started in the, the early 90s. But then the rights to the Tiger Mask gimmick were bought by All Japan Wrestling. And that's when they were given to Misawa. And he feuded with Dynamite yeah. Kid and Chavo Guerrero during that time. And like I said, it, it, later on it would be uh, given to some other wrestlers too. All right? Yeah. Like Yoshihari, um, uh, uh, just a bunch of different wrestlers. And it was, yeah, this the, the Tiger Mask from the anime series, that's the one that was played by the Koto Ibushi, and he teamed with Tiger mm-hmm. Mask, I believe it was like, what, uh, six, and a match against uh, Kasuchiro Okada and Gato. So, yeah. But, like, you know, mo- most of the time, with the, like, the biggest thing about Masao was also, too, one of his uh, finishing moves, which is something that we saw recently this year, I believe it was at Forbidden Door, as he was the creator of the, the Tiger Driver 91. Now, mm-hmm. if you guys don't know what that Tiger Driver 91 is, it's basically, it looks like a pedigree, and you lift your opponent yeah. up, and you drop on the back of your fucking neck. Pretty crazy move, and it got a lot of, uh, when, when, when they, when Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega did that move, it got a lot of, uh, critis- criticism on the, uh, got on the good old internet. Um, yeah, because of its safety. Yes, yeah. I remember that. So... Because it was created for an anime and real human beings aren't supposed to go no, no, do no. things like that. Masao was dropping fucking people on their neck. Oh, right. I, I'm sorry. I forgot. You're right. Masao. Mm-hmm. Well, there was also a Tiger Mask anime, too, in the 80s. Yeah. So I was assuming that um, that, that was created for the anime and then Masao was just doing it. No, actually, but, um, he, I think he yes. did that move later because it's Tiger Driver 91. He was already done with the, the Tiger Mask, but he probably named it because it was the Tiger okay. Mask. So. Yeah. So, but, um, so, so, you know, a couple things about him too. Like he, like I said, he built, you know, the Noah and stuff. And, uh, I believe he was actually, um, wrestlers too, to actually like die in the ring, which is crazy. Yes. So yeah, he was wrestling, uh, way later than he probably should have been. Yeah. So he, cause he started in like the early nineties or no, sorry. He started in the early eighties, like 1981 and his last match was on June thirteenth, two thousand and nine. And you know, like the, yeah. And like you know, those those Japanese wrestlers. I mean, most of their wrestling is like that super hard, strong style. You know what I mean? So they really lay it in. It's not like you're doing like safety wrestling over there, because you know, even nowadays too. You know, Japan is just known for a more harder, more physical style. I mean, you can even see that too, because a lot of the first. MMA, or you know, what we know is you know, a lot of people call it UFC, but it's MMA style was formed in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when it comes to like pancreas and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, didn't um, Suzuki? Yes, Suzuki owner, created pancreas. 
Oh, he, I okay. think he's. I think he started Pancras. Um, I could be wrong. He might have started Pancras. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he was an owner of. He founded Pancras. Yeah, I mean, he if he if if he was an owner, he was definitely one of the original persons to uh, to to fight and wrestle with them because for for or for a little bit what i knew out of like pancreas and stuff and like how like mma formed in japan was they they had a show that had real wrestling matches and they had real MM, like mma style matches but it started to get like kind of funky where they wanted to like work the mma matches too you know like like come up with the finish and stuff because a lot of the mma matches were finishing a lot a lot of quick a little bit quicker so oh yeah like real fights because yeah. they were real fights so, but yeah, it's just super interesting, you know, to, to, to see this guy's career just start now. Like, like, like I was telling everybody here, like, I don't, I don't know about you, Al. I'm not the biggest, like, hi- history buff on Japan wrestling or Japanese wrestling. Like, I, I don't even watch it, like, nowadays. Like, I know people, I know wrestlers from Japan, but I'm not as familiar with the history. You know, that's more of like a, that's more like a Dave Meltzer you know what I mean, podcast or something like the, with the history of Japan. Like I know a little bit about Japan from listening to him, but I'm not like in depth with Japan, but I just thought it was kind of interesting bringing up that name because I've heard about that name before. And I know the guy is a uh, super popular, especially with people who follow Japanese wrestling. This is like one of the big, big like name stars and also one of the well, tragic yeah. stars too. Cause he did die in the ring. And I believe he like snapped his neck in the ring that's how he yeah. died kind of like how uh wasn't a, a pedro uh pedro pedro from uh um from triple uh, uh, a i think he had yeah. the same kind of thing where he died in the ring too yeah it was just like a weird freak accident yeah um but yeah masawa is so i'm more familiar really with kenta kubashi who was one of the other four greats of all japan wrestling yes um kenta kubashi uh influenced um uh, the current Kenta and a lot of, a lot of really like a really like a lot of strong style wrestlers, Shinya Hashimoto. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like I know more about the history of new Japan from the time that I followed it, which is basically like the nineties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I knew, I knew about wrestling in the nineties in new Japan, Yeah, but I know almost nothing about all Japan other than like the greats. Yeah. And then, um, like for example, like when um, um, Nakamura came to new to uh, WWE, like I knew who he was, but I don't think I'd ever seen him wrestle because oh, okay. I was just starting to get into J- New Japan again at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like what? what like I I've heard really good things about all Japan in in the in the nine in the eighties. So you know, if you listen to like like I was saying, like more historic person people who talk about Japan wrestling um all japan in the the 70s and the throughout the 80s you know besides what was going on in america these guys were were selling out arenas a lot and they were they were getting a lot of traction you know with the with the japanese crowd too because of the way the actual wrestling was like it was a more harder style a more athletic style than you would see in the states especially if you're watching the e-brother because yes, because we were talking about this about this last week. So I don't know if it was last week, but we have talked about it before. Where when Hulk Hogan went to Japan, 
I mean, this motherfucker was working. He was doing drop kicks. He was slapping, drop toe, like you know, you name it. He was working. If you see Hulk Hogan, these clips, you can find them online. If you see Hulk Hogan work in Japan and you see him work in the states, it's like the complete opposite because that's how the Japanese style was. These guys are very yeah. hard heading, very you know, fighting spirit style athletes. So that resonated with a lot of people in Japan. That's why it became so big. And All Japan was one of the biggest promotions, you know, in in the world at that time for that particular style that they were doing. Absolutely. So. But I will tell you, though, like if you start, if you have time, none of us have a lot of time, but if you have time to start watching New Japan again, it's it's about to start getting really, really good, I think, because they have a, this huge youth movement coming. Yeah. And they got a lot of young guys coming up with really cool characters, and yeah. there's some really good stuff happening. Well, I right try now. to watch um, Wrestle Kingdom as much as I can. Um, yeah, the, the, I could. There's no way I could do the G1. Like, there's no way I can watch all the G1, even though I, I've I've seen some matches from New Japan in the past that I loved. They're like my favorite matches yeah. of the whole year. Uh, I just don't have the time right now to. I'm too busy. No, I mean nobody does. Yeah, I'm kind of like our boy. I'm I'm kind of like our boy, the the doctor from this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I I I I, I tend to stuff, but then I try I try to dig deeper into things to figure out what's going on with everything. You know what I mean? Like you know he like yeah, he absolutely. he took the initiative to go to the solder lamb, kind of like me. You know what I mean? I take the initiative to uh, book us with a bunch of stuff. So. Yeah. But Absolutely. moving on, Allison, I think you might know a little bit more moving about on. this than me, but I do want to get your opinion on this because I thought this was super interesting. When it comes to the metal, we actually have a uh, very interesting band that I don't think we've ever talked about before on the Retro Blood. And I I don't know if this is like metal, like, you know, they say no fucking like, you know, Slayer and shim shit, but you know, that it, it, it's, a, it's a form of rock music, Okay. And they're probably one of the most popular uh, rock bands in the entire world. And that is one, the Rolling Stones. All right. Oh, okay. And they, um, yeah, I don't think anybody would think that the Rolling Stones are metal, but yes. I think they're worthy for us to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're rock music. You know what I mean? Little, little it rock. Is rock music, yes. And they released the album Tattoo You around this time. And so, yeah, 1981, yeah, exactly. Yes. So, uh, what can you tell me a little bit about the Rolling Stones? So here, here's here's how I pictured them. So I started listening to Rolling Stones a little bit uh, through my brother. Uh, I believe you know what's what's the album that had the uh, uh, painted black on it? Um, that's the one I listened to. I'm not sure which album it was. Yeah, I can't remember which yeah. album that's on particularly. I'm so sure somebody they're screaming in their. Yeah. Uh, it's like motherfucker. That's uh, this. <laughs> yeah, know. obviously we're not the hugest uh, uh, Rolling Stones fans, but I knew quite a bit about them. Yeah. Um, it'll come to me in a minute, though. Um, let me think. What is the album called? Um, uh, I can't remember. I guess it? it'll come to me later. And need for me to think about it again. Yeah. Well, you can talk um, about. It. I'm all research it. Go ahead. But um, but yeah, I mean the Stones are like. Every I mean, hipster, you know, they're probably the, <laughs> every hipster. They're dream. probably the 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 top two, like you know, bands for the '60s are like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, right? So, you know, they're kind of like uh, I guess you could say, what would I say? They're probably like a less intelligent Beatles, maybe. 
Um, but they didn't have like as much of the experimentation that the Beatles had, but their career lasted obviously way longer. Yeah. Um, but the stones that I like is like the 1970s Rolling Stones when they kind of shifted away from that 1960s pop sound and kind of went more to a, to like hard rock. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, like bands like the black crows. Yeah. Like bands like the black crows probably wouldn't exist if it weren't for the Rolling Stones. And, uh, you know, they kind of had that just hard rock, but it wasn't metal, but it was just kind of like a hard rock, really rocking sound. Yeah. Um, this was kind of, was surprisingly a big hit um, when it came out. Yeah. Because, um, you know, most of those like 80s bands like or 70s bands and 60s bands like we talked about before, when the 80s came around, they kind of like their career kind of went downhill. And then the Stones did after this for a little bit. But they, you know, the, the Stones put out an album um, right before this. Um, that was a pretty big hit. And um, it was, uh, um, I don't know, uh, what was they that? Put Emotional. So they put out an album called Emotional Rescue in 1980, and that was a huge hit, and they did a big tour based on that. And then when this album came out, or they, I guess they wanted to get something out pretty quick, so they didn't really have a bunch of new songs. They used songs that were left over from uh, Emotional Rescue, and then songs that they'd recorded all the way back as far as like 1972 and put it all on one album together and kind of finished it and mixed it all together to make it sound like it goes on one album. And they put that out and then, cause they could smell money. They were like, Oh, the people still give a shit about us. So, you know, like we had a big hit album and a big hit tour. Let's do this again immediately before yeah. people forget. So they put it back. So they put another album out and went on a huge stadium tour um, in 1981 um, and into 1982 that uh, is one of their most famous tours. Like they're playing like football stadiums. It, it was probably like, well, that's probably not true. But I was going to say is it was one of their first probably big stadium tours. And now they only play stadiums. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thought that a band could sell out a football stadium up until, you know, the mid seventies was like unheard of. Um, but yeah, this was a huge album when it came out. Yeah. I was actually one of like the most popular albums that came out and you know, it does have a lot of, um, you know, famous songs in them, too. And Yeah, Start Me Up. Yeah, Start Me Up, yeah. Like, <laughs> the problem is, like, okay, so the, like, the only problem with, like, you know, the Stones, like, like, kind of now is, like, you hear this shit on the commercials all the time. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like, you can hear all their stuff on commercials and stuff, but, you know, the, 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 the essence of the Stones, you know, was a little bit more, like, rocky jammy you know it is it's yeah, weird like, a little it became bit dangerous like, yeah a little yeah. bit dangerous you know what i mean a little different for the time you know what i mean so a little bit more rock but that's and how everything is though yeah you know what i mean like 20 years later it becomes like uh you know it becomes a, a commercial you know because now people either for they forget that you know that this this movie was recorded by heroin addicts and you know, things like that. Like I can remember like in the very early eighties, being a little, little kid watching this stand up comedy routine from Bobcat Goldthwait on like a talk show late at night. And he's like, um, and he like sings this Ramon song and he's like, he's like, well, there's one thing that I'll know for sure is that my music will never, ever be in a commercial because it's something how like, 
like you know uh not really graphic but how like controversial it was or whatever and mm-hmm. now there's like ramon songs and a com- in tv commercials yeah um but yeah so it all, it all people get used to all of that shit yeah and by the way pain in black was uh it was a single okay so it was released on may 7th 1966 all right it okay. was released by it was uh, released uh with the song long long while so i just wanted to get that in there but yeah i mean like you know this is obviously this this okay so rolling stones is not my cup of tea okay mm-hmm. but i do know that the band is like very is a big fan favorite to a lot of your favorite musicians would probably like the rolling stones it's kind of like one of those Absolutely. type of things so you know of that's course, what i was gonna say is like yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're, they're I, yeah, they're pretty much like one of those like your fans' favorite band is bands, okay, and they're definitely uh, one of the most uh, iconic bands that there is too, and this like I said, this CD was a huge success, and one of their biggest albums was uh, was this one as well too, so even the Keith Richards said they just needed to jam something out before going on tour, so that's why like you know like I said they like you were saying. The, the album they had before this one, they were getting a lot of success, so they kind of wanted to get this one out there too to kind of like start it up and like, you know, keep keep the momentum going uh, coming early, early into the 80s. So, but yeah, gotta keep that money coming in, gotta keep it coming in, brother. But we'll talk about that. You know, I could see our boy David being a big uh, Rolling Stones fan, yeah, probably. You know I mean? He'd be probably be li- listening to some uh, worried about you song all right because for a while it was he and was then he became a werewolf yes but let's get into some of the who booked this shit brother because this is the uh this is the meat of our reviews over here so this is a pretty interesting movie so the director was john landis yeah all right and this guy was known for doing a lot of comedies like we were saying kind of earlier he did the Kentucky Fried movie, National mm-hmm. Lampoon's Animal House is the one I knew about. Isn't that the one that has Terry Funk in it? No, that's Roadhouse. Roadhouse, okay. Well, it's close enough. The Blues Brothers, and of course yeah. he did this. He did, you know, later on he did Trading Places, Coming to America. So, you know, all comedy. This guy is like, was like, brother, I got the comedies. And apparently he directed Michael Jackson's music video for Thriller. He did, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so he's but, um, yeah, he's, he's almost exclusively done comedies in his, his career, though. Yeah. And apparently, he had this script for an American Werewolf. He had that early on in his career. I believe he had it like around like the the sixties or something. It was like nineteen sixty nine. And he yeah, kept I think he wrote in nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, so he kept it for like ten years um, until he started, you know, because. Because the problem is when people read it and they said they said it was too dark to be a comedy movie and it was too light to be a horror movie. So well, I, Yeah, they said exactly the same thing you said about it. Yes. Well, basically. Well, kind of. I said that I thought the comedy took away from the most from the more serious serious seriously side of the movie, like the serious side of the movie. Right. Okay. You know, I, I, I could have done a little bit less with the comedy and more about the, the seriousness of this movie, you know, in my personal opinion. Okay. But, you know, yeah, I get, I, you know, obviously, you know, the guy, that's his bread and butter. People knew this was going to be a comedy movie. Okay. So that's probably why he got, 
he actually had the the studio that he was working with was the Polygram Pictures. They actually gave him a, a good a piece of uh, uh, money to make this film because he's already had a bunch of success before. So this guy was was uh, laying those golden eggs for this company at this time. Yeah, he had a lot of hits. Yeah, and apparently this film when it came out. Um, it, it obviously, it came out and it was re- released by Universal Pictures here in America, August twenty first, nineteen eighty one, and it was a critical and commercial success. And it also won won the nineteen eighty one Saturn Award for Best Horror Film and the first ever Academy Award for Best Makeup. So, all you nineteen eighty one films out there, screw y'all! American Werewolf it took it all over, brother. All right, they all. Well, like- yeah, I mean, I don't know what it was. I was gonna say I don't know what it was up against for best makeup, but I don't know how this would not have won against whatever it was up against. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, let's see. Let me see if it does tell me what it was up against. Okay, winners and nominees. Oh, okay. Uh, that's good. To, okay, so in 1981, well, it was two f- films. It was American okay. Werewolf in London, and yeah. it was Heartbeats. Oh, okay. Who the fuck is I that? I didn't Heartbeats? see that movie. Yeah, I never seen that movie either. I don't know. I never, I never saw that, but I bet it didn't have a guy transforming into a fucking werewolf. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> That's all I was gonna say. It's like fucking the guy that turned. That was a cool scene. Like, like we'll talk about that. That was pretty cool. So, the films that was nominated for best horror film in 1981 uh. was obviously this movie. Dead and Buried, which we'll be doing pretty soon. Yeah. Ghost Story. Halloween 2, brother. Uh-huh. And, and coming back to the retro blood that we talked about last week, Wolfen. Wow. Okay. So I beat all those movies to gain the Saturn reward. Wow. It'd be Halloween 2. That's crazy. That is crazy. Bro, you know, Loomis, imagine, just imagine that. If Loomis was like a real character, he would be irate. What are you talking about? Fucking, I shot that mother six times and you gave me the reward? You all suck. I told you he was coming. Yeah, just imagine him showing up to kill this werewolf, shooting me, shooting Yeah, he would have took care of business easy. Bro, imagine if they had the doctor Loomis. Oh my God, I would have freaked out. That shit would have been awesome. But yeah, that's pretty interesting though. Um... Yeah, I mean, I could see, like, you know, so the uh, the production and the acting was really good on this film, you know? So I can see yeah. why people would really like it because I thought, you know, the story, the story was there. To me, the story was there. I just preferred maybe... I'm kind of like the... Uh, I'm kind of like the, uh, the, the, the the fan in wrestling, too. Like, get, get this comedy out of here. Let me get the serious shit. All right? Yeah, just get on to the death yeah, matches. Yeah, say, saying the guy who loves, like, fucking all the, uh, the, the slashers. And that all, that's all comedy. <laughs> right. So maybe, maybe, that, maybe, that's my, maybe that's my thing. Like, maybe the comedy I like is, like, that, like, sexual comedy that you see in the slashers and shit. You know, that stupid shit. Sure. Because, like, this comedy was like that... Oh, um, it's like that knee slapping one. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, he said that. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, there's a pentagram, five star on the wall. Ha, ha, ha. That's funny. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So you know, with the uh, uh, so he ga- he came up with the idea. Okay, when he was working in Yugoslavia, 
right, has a production assistant on the film Kelly's Heroes. You ever seen Kelly's Heroes there, Allison? Yeah, it's a great movie. Okay. World War II movie. Oh, okay, well, there you go. So what he saw was he was, he and a young uh, a crew member were driving in the back of a car on location across a group of, he came across a group of Romanian people. And the Romanian people appeared to be performing rituals on a man being buried so they, they would not rise from the grave. And I just want to be like, bro, have you seen Zombie yet? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all you need. They'll tell you how it's done. Right? It exactly. Because it works so well for them. Yes. Yeah. So this made uh, Landis realize that he would never be able to confront the undead and give him the idea for a film which a man can go through the same. Which I can kind of see. see. Like I said, this movie had a great plot too. That's one of the plots too. Where David yeah. refused to... Well, kind of refused in a way to... to well, at the beginning he kind of refused that he was just seeing things and going crazy. And then we actually figured out he was a werewolf. He just could not kill himself. Right. All right. So, Linda, he wrote the first draft in 1969. He shelved it for over a decade, like we said. And then, like, you know, obviously he gained a lot of, you know, he, he did movies like the Kentucky Fried Man, like Animal House. That's how he gained a lot of money. And he secured $10 million for the financing. So they're just giving this guy fucking money at the time. So that's probably why it beat everything, because it had the best production on it. They ain't giving no fucking uh, yeah. dead and buried $10 million, brother. Okay. I was about to say, this probably cost more than all the other movies that were nominated combined. It probably did because, God, okay. Unless Halloween 2 had like a you, bigger budget, but I, I doubt it. I mean, it had a bigger budget, but yeah. I bet it wasn't close to $10 million. Yeah, this might have been all their budgets in one because what what was, uh, um I believe the uh, it was only like 3 or $4 million for the fucking Wolfen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe like another two for Dead and Buried. Give it like four. You know, maybe 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 all of them all together, and maybe like one more million would have reached it. But like still, like $10 million for this movie, I mean, you're going to get some good shit out of it. So, I mean, this may be the most expensive movie we've ever reviewed. <sighs> it's close. I mean, if you think about it. I mean, I'm trying to think of other big budget movies, but other than the Lights Out stuff on the other show... This is probably like this might be the most expensive movie we've ever reviewed with the yeah. biggest budget. Well, it Maybe. also says I don't think he used the whole ten million too, because it did say it was on a budget of five point eight million. So I think I think oh, that okay. I think the the gimmick was I think he got the ten million, but it doesn't mean you know he might not have had to use it all. But I think they were trying to create him like a franchise because there was a movie released in the nineties, an American Werewolf in Paris. But it didn't get the same kind yes. of love that this movie got. No, it didn't. And if you've ever seen it, you'll understand why. And that one didn't even happen until like 1997. So it's like, fuck, yeah. man. It's like they, they, they shelved this one for a while, which is crazy because if this movie was so popular, it's kind of weird to see that it didn't get like a, a sequel like right away. You know what I mean? Because in the 80s, if a horror movie was popular and it made this much money, like I'm pretty surprised it didn't get anything because... It was five point eight million. So supposedly got ten million for it too, and they made sixty two million. Yeah. And you know they 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 were talking about a remake, but I don't think uh, anything has come up to it yet. It's been delayed, no, and delayed, no, and delayed. But it's one of those uh, things you just don't need to remake things that are perfect. Yeah. 
Like, what do you? How, how, I mean, I guess you could take the comedy out of it, but and make it more darker. But I could, yeah. Uh, well, I don't. I wouldn't want to see like nowadays darker. You know what I mean? Nowadays darker is just too depressing. Like, bro, all these fucking people—they made this film super depressing if they was made nowadays. Yeah, and everything would be CGI in it, and you know it would. Just oh look yeah, that shit was sucked. Turned this fucking because that was the best part of the movies when he turned into the fucking werewolf. I just assume that shit yeah, CGI and, nowadays would have sucked. So and it would linger on things too long and look fake. Like that's the problem with CGI is they now they feel like they can show you everything, but it, it but CGI like monsters kind of look, have that real jerky look to them. Like I don't know, it's hard to describe, but you know one when you see one. Like any animal that's in a is the CGI in a movie has that weird like kind of jerky look flowy look to it maybe it's not even jerky maybe it's almost too smooth the way it moves um and they would just linger on it and it would look weird like yeah. here they just showed like part of the monster and then it would cut away but you but you know but you could see it and you could see what you were looking at yeah exactly so also too apparently this uh the director landis he has expressed regret over changing and even cutting certain sequences from the final cut of the film in order to earn an R rating in the United States. The sex scene, brother, between Alex and David was edited to be less explicit. Really? Fuck, man, they were probably good. Was yeah. he giving her some good dick? Damn. And an extended well, I guess scene. So, yeah, that's probably a lot more nudity. He's like our boy, the director from, uh, from Friday Five. He's like, bro, I just did a sex movie. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> It says an extended scene showing the homeless man along the uh, the, the the water being attacked by the werewolf. Yeah, we didn't even see that. Was eliminated after a test audience reacted negatively to it. Of all things, they act negatively to that. Another yeah. another showed the undead Jack eating a piece of toast which falls out of his throat. Okay, I could see that. Oh, I could wow. see that being a little crazy. And then it's also concluded that the werewolf transformation scene should have been shorter. He was fascinated by the quality of Rick Baker's effects that he spent more time in the scene than he otherwise would have. I mean, I thought it was fine. I thought the other part was the best part. And I, liked, I actually liked how they lingered on it because we got to see more of the transformation. Because if I'm watching a werewolf movie, I just don't want the guy to transform two fucking, you know, two seconds as a fucking werewolf. Let's see them grow into it. You know, it's kind of like the, huh. uh, the lore of it. That's weird that he would say that because I've seen interviews where he talks about how he didn't want it to be like the Wolfman transformation in night from the 1941 movie where there's just like lapses. And then like all of a sudden he's a werewolf. He wanted it to take time yeah, and, you know, to show the transformation. Um, it did take forever. Like that first yeah. transformation sequence takes a long time. Yeah. And I'm sure it was, took a very long time to film, but it looks great. Yeah. In November, 2019 variety reported that Robert Kirkman, the walking dead comic book creator guy was in consideration to serve as a producer for their new reboot. Of an American werewolf in London. Boy, that would have been something. That would have been something. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Robert Kirkman personally, but other people love him, though, in yeah. the comics business. So, yeah. Who knows? So, who knows? Yeah. So, who knows? But, yeah, I mean, there's a couple stuff about this film. You know, obviously, you can find a little more stuff in longer form. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, this, you know, this movie was also too very big for horror comedy at the time because I believe this might have been one of the first like horror comedies movies or at least one of the most popular you know one of the most famous ones 
at the time yeah. because you know later on in the 80s we would get like the quote-unquote you know comedy movie you know what i mean like slasher comedies or something like you know but those are all like goofy like you know stupid uh, shit like that this one i think it was tr- trying yeah. to be a serious comedy with actually a pretty good plot with it a serious yeah so but yeah so it was intentionally funny whereas a lot of those slasher movies are not intentionally funny you well, know what until i mean like, later like, on like, they, like well i guess later on they kind of were yeah i mean like, some like of them the you know like okay like, like okay so i'm talking about like not evil dead the first one where it's like we're not trying to make it funny. It just turned out to be funny. Okay. Right. I'm talking about like, you know, like return of the living dead or something like that. You're like, Oh, oh well, we already yeah, know that's going to be a comedy and shit like that. You know what I mean? So there's two yeah. different, there's two different styles of a horror comedy. There's the unintentional type where it's just funny. And then there's, Hey, we, we, we know what we are. So we're just being funny throughout the whole time. Like, you know, like slaughter high or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Right. You know, compared to like, uh, you know, something that just like funny, like Halloween too wasn't supposed to be funny, okay? But then you got like right. Loomis hanging out here like a madman, which is hilarious, you know? So it's like stuff like that. So okay, I see what you're saying. All right, but everybody, Allison, I know you're uh, getting deep into your transformation, so let's get this oh, yeah. train rolling, brother. Let's get into the full review of an American Werewolf in London. Did you hear that? I heard that. What was it? Could be a lot of things. Yeah? A coyote. There aren't any coyotes in England. I'm sorry I'm upsetting you, David, but you don't understand what's going on. I understand, all right. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Yes, that's right. David, stop! I'm going to the police. Jack was right. Jack is dead! Yeah, Jack is dead and six people are dead. There's going to be a full moon tonight. I'm going to the cops. Oh, be serious, would you? Oh! You can't let them go. Should the world know our business? It's murder, then. Then murder it is. Excuse me. I'm a werewolf. A werewolf? Naked American men stole my balloons. What?
right, so we start off, we're in some mountains, right? In the, the yeah. England area, right? Yes. And we have a 1950 songs playing, which is actually the song by Bobby Bitten's slow, smoothing version of Blue Moon. During yeah. the opening credits. Yeah. I'm guessing one of the things you didn't like about it was the, the uh, moon songs that were constantly playing in it. For, for no, I didn't reason. mind that. Right. Okay. I didn't mind the old 50 songs. Kind of remind me of Back to the Future. You know what I mean? Okay, fair enough. So I mean, yeah, they're in North Yorkshire, which is really far north in England, as far north as you can get. Yeah, and which is cool about the music too. To go back on that, apparently all the songs that they're playing throughout the movie, they all had to do with the moon. So I kind of like that. That was kind of yes. cool. So so we meet our two characters. Uh, they're in the back of a goat uh, truck. Okay. Right? And uh, we have Jack and we have David. Jack is kind of like in the green uh, jacket and David's in the orange one. And they're in England. They're going to be there for about three months. <clears throat> and they keep talking about, you know, uh, first Jack brings up this girl named Debbie Klein. No relations. Or maybe maybe she is. Maybe she's my England uh, uh, um, cousin or something that I don't know about. Maybe. But she's a she's an American. Remember, they're they're talking. They went oh, on to yeah. Italy. That's right. That's right. And David David uh, talked um, Jack into going through London to England first. Yeah. I don't know how they end up in the moors uh, up in North Yorkshire, but well, I but think yeah, they were looking for piss because somebody brought up Jack is going to get a bunch of girls up there, and I was like, bro, there's ain't nobody oh, inside. I don't know if they're going to get it up there because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's like, like one female that we even saw in this movie. I know up there. <laughs> Well, we had two. We had the well. They had the bartender girl. We had the bartender, and there was another woman in this in the in the town. Well, that's about it. Not town, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so then they they're walking around. And they start doing some knock knock jokes, and then they eventually land at the Slaughter Lamb Bar. And I was like, bro, that's a cool bar name, the Slaughter Lamb. So, I was gonna bring this up. I was trying to figure out a bring place to bring this up, but I will know. I don't think it's still there anymore, but there used to be a bar in New York City on 4th Street called The Slaughtered Lamb that was a werewolf-themed bar. Nice. I and like every that. time I would go there, I would always go to drink at The Slaughtered Lamb. I love that bar. I have lots of pictures of it if I can find them. Maybe I'll send them to you and you can post them on the uh, Facebook or something. But Yeah, you can do it. But it was like a werewolf-themed bar. It was awesome. Yeah, so they go into that bar, and they walk right in, and all the locals start staring at their asses. And they're just like, oh, what's going on here? It's like, then they sit down. It's like, well, can I get some hot uh, a drink? Like, no. It's like, what about some hot chocolate? No. It's like, do you got anything hot here? It's like, she's like, maybe I'll go see if I can make you some tea. And well, then, that was a pretty funny little joke, though. What? Um, I thought. Like, cause she, like where she's he's like, hey, do you have any soup? And she's like, no. He's like, well, what about hot chocolate? And and he's <laughs> she's like, no. And then he's, she's like, if you want something, she's like, we have beer and spirits. If you want something hot, um, you can have tea. And, she, she, and he's like, well, do you have tea? And she's like, no, but no. I can make some. <laughs> <laughs> so they see the, uh, they see the five pointed star on the wall. Yeah, the pentangle. All right. And then he's there. Somehow he brings up that that was part of the Alamo, or in like the Alamo movie. All right. Uh, 
Well, he makes some kind of reference to the Alamo. Yeah, like it's from Texas. Like I guess they were thinking about Texas and oh, like right. Texas he's, a star. He's yeah, he says maybe these owners were maybe the owners are originally from Texas. Yeah. And then um um and then he says something like, Remember the Alamo? And then um and she says, I saw the Alamo once. It was in London in Piccadilly Circus. And then the, the bald guy says, uh um, he's talk. She's talking about in the cinema, the John Wayne movie. Yeah, yeah. And then he then also too. Jack brings up that the five pointed star was also, and and Lord to scare off the Wolfman. By the way, so we get that early on there. Oh, and then we. I just I like my notes. We have an English guy rambles about stuff being heavy, for a long time, <laughs> and then they eventually laugh about remembering the Alamo. So the, the the British guy has this whole joke and his punchline was remember the Alamo. And yes. I could not write that joke down because I could barely understand what he was saying. So then, oh, it's a really famous joke. That's, that's actually a real it's joke. It's one of those things where it's a real joke, yeah. It's 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 a real joke. People tell it differently. Um it's one of those things where um when we talk about things you couldn't do today, it's it's one of those kind of jokes, but it's oh. it's really funny though. All right. Well I didn't know. I mean I could tell it if you want. <laughs> Well, I mean, do you want to? I mean, I'll tell. Sure, I'll tell it. Go ahead. Just believe that it's it's not necessarily it's it's sort of a racist joke in a way, um, but you know, we'll let it fly as it is. But please know that we're not telling this because we're racist people. Yes, yeah, but basically the right, basically the way he's telling the story, the joke is that um, there's there's four soldiers. In an airplane crashing, and the plane's about to crash because it's too heavy. So they cut out all the seats, and I'm telling a very short version of this, but like they, t- they, they cut out all the seats, plane's too heavy. They drop all the cargo, seats too heavy. They take off all the inside panels of the airplane, it's still too heavy. The seats, uh, the plane's still crashing. So the, um, oh, I forgot to mention, there's an English guy, a French guy, a Mexican, and, a, and an American from Texas. So the French guy says, Viva la France, and he jumps out the window of the plane to lighten it up. Plane's still too heavy. English guy says, God save the queen, and he jumps out of the airplane to lighten it up. It's still too heavy. So next is the American's turn. So the American says, remember the Alamo, and he throws the Mexican out the window. What a bastard. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, that, that sounds so like a lot it, So it's funnier in 1981 than it is in... Uh, 2023 for sure well at least at least your joke i understood this other guy brother listen i know i got a little bit of accent on here too but this like that super like northern british accent that one's a hard one. Oh, it's dude it's it's impossible like the yeah. northern english accent yeah. like i have a friend of mine from leeds and that's the only reason i can understand what any of these people are fucking saying so then jack says hey what about that star on the wall and then they all like stop and look at him and then, like the it's, duck- a, it's like that record scratching yeah. thing in all the movies, where yeah. it's like, and they're all just like staring at him again. Yeah, and then they all like, and the guys like the dark guys like he made me miss. I never miss. All right, and then they they're basically saying like, okay, maybe we should leave. And then she's and then the owner's like, no, we we can't let them go. And there's like, no, 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 wait, just let them go, but stay on the roads. And beware of the moonlight. So they're confused, like, what the hell? She's like, beware of the moonlight. Yeah. 
and stay on the roads. I'm also a little bit confused as to, I, I, I mean, we'll talk about this when it comes up again in the movie and the doctor goes there, but I'm trying to figure out what the people in these town were and what they were doing and why they existed. But Well, we'll we didn't get like, like a whole big background of why they existed. But, we but they can, clearly I, know they're werewolves. Yeah, well, the the thing I got about it was, and you know, this comes out a little later in the movie, was when the dark guy kind of tells the doctor, like, there's something wrong with this piece of land here, and it's kind of cursed. Yeah. And the, I guess, the one bald British dude, like, doesn't like to talk about it. Like, he's the one that kind of blows it off. He's even kind of blowing it off here. It's like, because the... The, the bartender lady was like, man, we, we probably shouldn't let them leave. You know, I was like, no, no, no. It's yeah. like, you know, I no, they, they're, they're in God's hands now. Like, they can handle their own. You know, they came here. We didn't ask them to come here. All right. And we get this whole big scene of Jack and Dave. They're all walking outside, making jokes and everything. And eventually we hear, like, the werewolf sound. And even in the bar, they hear it too. And the guy, the ball guy is still telling, like, no, 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 I'm not going to go get him and stuff. Like, they, they made their own choice. Well, he's even saying, like, I don't hear anything. He's even saying yeah. he doesn't hear it. He's, so he, I'm like guessing. He's in such a, and I was like, yeah. yeah. I I don't know if he's like the 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 owner of the town or he's just like the kind of like the the factoid boss of the town, but he's basically right. not having anybody help him. And maybe I don't know. Maybe he's so like nervous about it that he you know he, he it's kind of what I, mean, I think it's probably one of those fear things where you're so nervous about it that if anybody comes and finds out about it, you try to hide it. You know, instead of like maybe trying to conquering it, because I was thinking, you know, if they have a werewolf problem, then maybe they could get help to fix it. But then for a while, I was thinking, well, maybe they're all werewolves, but then they don't become werewolves when the full moon comes out. Well, so how are I they supposed to fix it? We're gonna ask Van Helsing to come by. <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, was Hugh Jackman <laughs> even born yet? The werewolves. I mean, they kill this werewolf. Why don't they just kill the werewolves? Like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It doesn't really make a lot of yeah. sense, this part. So there's a full moon out there. We hear a bunch of werewolves. You know, we hear we hear the howling in the night. Yeah. And eventually, Jack, so Jack and Dave, they, they can't really figure out what it is, but they're, you know, they're kind of nervous right now. And they might think it's just like a, a big dog or something like that. So they try to go leave, go back to the slaughtered lamb. And before they can get back there, Jack gets attacked by the werewolf. David just like fuck you, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm getting out of here. Runs away, right? And he's like, yeah. oh shit, I forgot my my friend. So he goes back to see Jack. Jack's dead. And then the werewolf, werewolf attacks him. And then I guess there were some people within the town that had some balls, and they came over there and they well, shot the werewolf. Yeah, she kind of talked them into it. Remember? Yeah. When she's he, she's like she says like it'll be murder, and he's like, well then it'll be murder then, and then um and then uh, he then. She hears the werewolf. And he's like, "Do you hear him?" He's like, "I don't hear anything." And then he, they, and then the wolf howls again. And he's like, "Then it kind of, you kind of see him like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have sent those guys out there." Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, they come to save him, and they shoot the werewolf, and it dies. Yeah, and of course, um, David's been a little bit scratched up and bitten, and Jack's pretty much like mutilated. He's pretty much uh, good for good to go. And then when they shot him and stuff, it turned into a man. And they had this cool scene of, like, David kind of looking over, like, seeing his friend dead and stuff. Like I said, it has some serious points to it. Like, the serious stuff I yeah. actually really liked in this movie. So now David is in the hospital, okay? And he wakes up out of nowhere and he's asking for Jack. And we had this nurse over here, which we're going to find out her name is going to be Alex. 
and like he like so David he woke up he said jack and stuff but then he fell right back into like his like slumber and then like the red nurse is this she's a red headed nurse comes in and she's like yeah this we picked up this uh like American boy and stuff and I think he might be Jewish she's like well why do you think he's Jewish because I looked underneath the sheets oh is that what she says yeah Basically, she oh, she okay. she was looking at his cock, and he saw that it wasn't you know, cut or nothing. Because she, because I, I thought I remember her saying like just from looking. But, no, she said um, she looked under the sheet, brother. She said she saw. Oh, okay. Well, that, as many times as I've seen this movie, I've never caught that. But okay. But yeah, because Alex says, I wonder if he's probably he, he might be from New York City, um, because he's he's, he's wearing that NYU. He has an NYU sweatshirt, yeah. and then uh, she says, no, she's like, I think he's a Jew. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, which is kind of weird. Like, it's just a weird thing. I mean, John Landis is a Jew, but it's just like a weird thing to put in this movie. I think, well, you know, we're trying to do comedy, Allison. <laughs> so doctor comes well, in there. Hirschness, okay. He comes in there. He ain't playing around yeah. brother. He heard the redhead saying her stuff. He's like, get out of there. I think you got work to do. It's like, what are you, what are you hanging out here for Alex? What did he? What did he say? He said he said something about Jack. He's like, oh, okay, interesting. So she said he saw. She said he she saw said, Jack, or he asked where Jack was. Yeah, who Jack? Was. He has a seat. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, he well, Jack. Jack was killed by a lunatic. <laughs> and then, so now throughout the whole movie, we do see like David. He's having like dreams. So this is one of his dreams where he's like walking through the forest and shit. So this is when we meet the doctor more in depth. Um, the doctor, we, we see doctor, um, what's his name? Hirsch. And then we have inspector, yeah. Inspector Villers. He, inspector Villers was from like the, from America. I guess he was like the American counterpoint or something. And he's a, uh, he's the ambassador. Yeah. The ambassador. Yeah. And they basically tell uh, David what happened. Like, Hey, your friend got killed by a madman. And you're in a London hospital right now. Uh, you've been sleeping for about three weeks. And uh, apparently this lunatic was pretty strong because he got some deep cuts on you. And David's like, I think it might have been a wolf. And then like, he's like, he's like, I don't think so. it was a wolf, man. It was like this crazy man. That's what we had some witnesses like tell us was that. And then and the inspector guy, and then like, so, like, David starts freaking out freaking out a little bit. It's like, no, 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 man. I think it's a wolf in there. I, you know, my friend's dead and everything. And then, out of nowhere, this inspector guy just gets all pissed off at him. He's like, sir, I am, you are here. We medicaled you, and you're going to be fully uh, uh, talking to the cops and stuff. It's like, ah, I was trying to do all this stuff for this guy. And he's getting all pissed off at me. I was like, interesting. Is this supposed to be more of the comedy? It was. It was pretty funny. So now, so now the, uh, the, 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 the doctor, okay. Yeah. Hirsch, I'm just going to call him the doctor the whole time. He is, he's meeting up with the, the Scotland Yard police fellers. Yeah. This, a, shit, this is hilarious. This scene. And apparently he was mad at some guy named Roger. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Roger Madison. Yeah. Roger Madison. <laughs> Is that I can't believe you don't find this shit funny. 
Who the fuck is a Roger? Who who is this guy? Roger. It doesn't matter. He's just a guy that's annoying to him because he talks because he has this a meeting with Roger Matheson. Yeah. And his his secretary keeps annoying him about it, and then he's like, um, and because she, she's telling him that he's like you can only it's like one of those jokes where you can only hear one side of the conversation. But she's basically telling him she has a he's got to get ready because he has this meeting with Roger Matheson, and then her says, "Well, I survived Rommel. I can survive this," which which is like a World War II joke. So oh, I'm how, sorry. Like, I, I didn't know a World War II joke. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Flew by my head, brother. <laughs> but like Rommel, Rommel was a was a German commander, a tank commander in World War II. So he's saying, if I survive World War II, I can survive meeting with him. Well, was he in World War II? The, he, uh, yeah, he was. Apparently, he was. That's what the joke tells us. Okay, because he survived the war. Well, and how's that funny? Two, well, <laughs> it's just funny. I don't know. I, I don't know why it's funny. It's just hilarious. I, well, I then we funny. have these Scotland Yard cops. One of them was serious. One was the klutz. Right? <laughs> and then he goes on to talk about how he yes. tell Roger he's dead and shit. Yeah. So then, so then Roger calls on the phone, on the phone yeah. to talk to him. And his secretary is like, it's Roger Matheson on the phone. He's like, tell him, he's, t- he's like, tell him I'm out. Tell him I'm not here. And he's like, tell him I've passed away. <laughs> I don't know. I think that shit's funny. I guess it's just my kind of humor, I guess. Yes. And I, you were entertained. And I think the klutzy Scotland Yard guy is really funny where he, where he drops the like bedpans or whatever, the trays in the, and tries to put them back in the correct order. And then, and then the part where he's like, he's like, um, would you like some tea? And the Scotland Yard, the serious guy's like, no. He's like, and then the other guy's like, I'd quite like to have some tea, please. And the other guy just like scowls at him. He's like, okay, no tea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just British humor that I, I find funny. So David's now telling um, telling them that he was uh, not attacked by a man, and he still thinks he was like something else, like a wolf creature or something. And David's, and then he can't believe that there was uh, uh, witnesses. So one of the things that Scotland Yard cops said was there was witnesses, and it was a, a, a lunatic man that attacked them. They didn't bring up in wolf or anything like these, like big wolves or nothing like that. So Davis kind of thinks he's just going a little crazy and stuff. And then we have a scene of David naked in the woods, eating a goat, more of his dreams. Yeah. And now we have this nurse, Alex, she's taking care of some kids. And we have this one kid uh, who says no a lot. That's like his thing. No. Yeah. Everything is no. Ha ha ha. Funny. So it's now the, the the nurse Alex is asking how David is doing for different people. And we're having some more jokes where they don't really care. And then she eventually vis- visits him. And now we have the whole thing. She is trying to make him eat something. And then out of nowhere, or eat something so he can take his pill. But David's yeah. not hungry at all. Like he just refuses to eat because he's not hungry. And he's like, well, I got to force feed you then. And then they just start flirting, brother. Yeah. See, that's, see, that's your problem, Allison. You should have got sick with the wolf virus, gone yeah. to the hospital, pretend like some, you got attacked by a wolf or something, not some lunatic or you know a virus or nothing. Refuse to eat food and start flirting with your nurse, brother. That's what you should have done. And, and then some hot nurse would... Yeah. Uh, would uh, when, uh, where, where are all these hot nurses at, brother? I mean, every time I go in the hospital, I got some fat dude or some old lady who smells like smoke helping me out. Uh, yeah, I know. How this I guy know. gets so lucky. 
He gets the, he gets the hot hot British nurse. Yeah, that just so, so happens to be this, single. <laughs> right. This is also a throwback to a different time too, when uh, um, British people used to like Americans. Yeah, and it's not really like that now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like most most British people just find seem to find like Americans stupid and annoying, which is they're not wrong really. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, like you know, back then she was like she basically liked him because he was an American. Yes, you know what I mean. Like she, because she kind of liked him from the beginning. She was like, I wonder if he's from New York City, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and but you know, I don't know. It's just a different time now. So now we see more scenes of David running through the woods, it's like blood all of him and stuff, like a vampire. Or we we see him like each it's like a little transformation, like a little cutscene of where he kind of looks like an old like Nosferatu vampire for some reason. Yeah, and he said he's like he's telling telling the doctor that he's been having bad dreams, and he was like saying he still thinks it was a big wolf or a dog or something that attacked him, not some lunatic man. He's like he, he he's like he just can't wrap around it. It was just some lunatic guy. It had to be something different. And David asked, like, so did anybody go to that slaughtered lamb, you know, and ask them, you know, what happened and stuff? And the, the, the doc's like, no, 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 man, they're fine. The cops are cool with the story and everything. And it was the lunatic. He's the one that did it. So basically what happened was David, you know, got to the hospital, but he didn't, like, he didn't, you know, fall down and get to the hospital right away. His wounds were actually treated before he even got landed to the hospital. Um, and the doctor did find that a little suspicious, but he's like kind of taking the uh, police side where it was just some lunatic and, uh, yeah. attacking him and killed his friend. And I was there at the hospital. Just well, to- there's a couple of things there. Like one, even if they'd gone to the slaughtered lamb, surely the witnesses they're talking about are the people from the slaughtered lamb that killed the werewolf, right? Yes. So there, there's the people that told him that a lunatic attacked him. See, here's the lunatic. We shot at him. Yeah. And, um, I think it's weird that he ends up in London, period, because, like, North Yorkshire is probably three and a half or four hours away from London. So they, they patch him up while he's there um, and then send him to London for some reason. I guess they just get him out of the town. Like, four hours away. Maybe. Just, I mean, maybe. Yeah. So, so they. I mean, you could. I guess you could say them. that. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that there's a an American consulate there, yeah. you know, if he, this guy, cause he's been unconscious for three weeks. Yeah. So, you know, they don't know for all they know, he's not coming. He's in a coma and he's not coming back, you know, to consciousness or whatever. But, um, but they do talk about how his wounds have healed mm-hmm. have healed up. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't know if that was because he was treated, um, in the place he was, or if it's, if it's talking about how, with him being a werewolf, his wounds are healing faster. That's probably what it is. So okay. it's it's okay. It's it's basically this the sign that he is because uh, remember he's not hungry at all, and his wounds right. heal. So you could tell that there's something going on with him and his body. He's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like the Twilight Wolves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And oh, by right. the way, he kind of is because our boy David was like he you know he he think he's having bad dreams. He refused yeah. to eat. All right. Yeah. His heels are, his wounds are healing. He doesn't know if he's going crazy or not, but he has enough foresight to say, you know, I can't be left alone here, guys. Can you send in that hot nurse? Uh-huh. 
That was a good play. Yeah, that was a good play. Our boy, he knows what's up. He could tell by the uh, food flirting scene. So now uh, Alex is there reading a book. All right, and he, and he, David starts staring at her, and it's all like, "It's like, hey, you, you know, you're a very beautiful girl." And she was like, "Oh, okay." And she starts to read it to him, some story about like some story, <laughs> and then it randomly cuts like a scene of the Muppets. Okay, so she's reading a book called <laughs> A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which is about like an American that goes back in time, I believe it goes back in time, to uh, to King Arthur. So he's like this weird like American who's out of out of uh out of his element. Yeah. And he's in this strange land. So she's reading that and that's kind of like him being in in London because oh, okay. he's this weird he's this weird alien person like that he doesn't really belong there but she likes him because of his fort right the fort right oh my god i can't say that fort rightness so he kind of got really lucky fort, fourth rightness he just yeah. so happened so to find a girl who was fascinated with this book she wanted to fuck the guy off the book and, and he just so happens to fit the bill well i think she just wants to fuck him because he's he's an american and she likes him and he's about her age but um but the book the she's just like when she so when she's reading the book, that's what the book's saying is that he he's saying that I liked him because of his forthrightness. And then that's kind of what she's saying to him, yeah. but she's reading the book in a way. So explain it's to me the Muppet scene. So they're they're watching the Muppets. It's they're actually just watching David. the Muppet show. Oh, no, they're not. It's 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 David's kid. It's a dream. Oh, it's a dream. Yes. So where did the soldier demons come from? Why why were they here? Um, why did they kill the the fan? I get well, it. I mean, I I maybe there's like a metaphor or something here. Okay. Well, I'm surprised you're not asking why they're dressed like Nazis. Well, I was gonna say Nazi, you know, but they didn't have the Nazi symbol on them, so I just said soldiers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're like Nazi werewolf zombies, but um, well, because David's Jewish. Okay. So that would be like that would be like a nightmare that he would have. Like that's like a. I mean that is a common nightmare scenario that like Jewish people even to this day and certainly in 1981 would have worried about was like like Nazism was still a big deal then. Okay. Um so like his nightmare was that you know these zombie werewolf Nazis were breaking into his house and killing his family. Yes. Okay, well that makes sense since you explained it to me so I get it now. That makes sense. And they're watching the Muppet show cuz that was a popular show at the time. Yes. Okay. So he wakes up. He's like, oh, crap, another nightmare. And then uh, Alex is like, okay, well, I can fix that. And then she gets up, and then she gets attacked by one of those werewolf not, z- zombie creatures. And then he wakes up, and he had like a double nightmare. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's our famous dream within a dream. Yes. A double dream nightmare. Within- yeah, nightmare within a nightmare. A dream within a dream, brother. Yeah. So now he- he's getting up a little bit. Uh, and then it's the next morning and the uh, <laughs> I just said my notes the food guy gives him food and wakes him up alright <laughs> and then out of nowhere yeah that was pretty funny too <laughs> then out of nowhere Jack shows up and he's all like mutilated and shit really good prosthetics on his face you know looks like he's getting ripped up yeah, and stuff great. yeah and he's like he asked for some toast and our boy Dave was like, what is going on here? Get the fuck out of here, Jack. I was like, damn, okay. 
And then they start talking about like the feelings. Uh, Jack talks about his funeral. He talks about the parents yeah. visited his funeral. And he talked about Debbie Klein. She was there crying, but then she wanted to go fuck some guy named Mark. And she did. All right. And then uh, uh, he's like, no shit. I, I couldn't believe it. He was like, David, David, Adam, David. And he's like, where he's like, warning, hey man, you're a werewolf. Okay. A li- a, what is it? Lightning probe or something. All right. And he's basically saying to, to, to David, since you, I got killed by the werewolf, you only got scratched, so you're going to be inheriting the werewolf's powers now. But the werewolf line, you know, I'm, I'm in, in limbo right now. You know what I mean? I'm not dead or right. not alive in limbo right now. And unless the werewolf's bloodline is destroyed, I will be walking the earth in limbo this whole time. And guess what? You got to kill yourself, motherfucker. I'll say, okay. Right. So he's like, because he has to stop the werewolf line because if he doesn't, everybody the werewolf killed will be stuck in limbo forever. Yeah. Apparently. And he's going to kill others. Like, you will kill others when the full moon happens. Okay. All right. And then, uh, he, and then, like, he, David just can't believe this. Like, he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going insane. Like, he just, like, he doesn't know what's going on right now. He's just going insane. And eventually he calls for some help. And, uh, he, and then Alex is like, you know, beware the moon. It's coming. And then, uh, Alex comes in and she's, like, a little confused. And then Alex comes right in there. All right. Yeah. And he just goes for the kiss. It's like, damn, okay. Yep. You guys, kid. Let's get this going, brother. It's only an hour and 30 minutes for this movie. We've got to make it happen. All right. And he tells her he is a, he, he says, guess what? I found I'm a werewolf now. And all right. And by the full moon, I'm going to be killing a bunch of people. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? He says, you know, and it's uh, the next day. Well, no, no. Yeah. Well, he's also, she's also telling me he was dreaming and stuff. All right. And he said he can, uh, uh, he, he got visited by Jack and she's like, okay, well, where are you staying at after you get done here? I'm like, damn, this girl, she is ready to go, brother. She's like, well, you can stay with me at my flat. Do you ever have a, do you, do you have a yeah, flat? People, people, people were, no, I live in a house, but people were way more trusting in 1981. Of course, I mean, I guess she'd like, well, not really, because I was going to bring that up. Like, they discharge him from the hospital like two days after he wakes up. Yeah. Like, he's been in a coma for three fucking weeks. <laughs> And then he's a conscious for two days. We're like, all right, you're good to go. Yeah, you're good to go, brother. All right. Check this scene out. I thought this, pra- this scene was crazy. So they go get food, right? And I'm writing in my notes because I'm seeing how much they're paying for this food. It's like a dollar here, two dollars there. You know, I mean, maybe like. Well, 50 you gotta cents. remember, it's in British. It's in British pounds. Well, no, no, fuck. This girl's like, oh man, this fucking food's expensive. There's all the inflation going on. I was like, no way, brother. There's no way that in 1981 the food. I was like, you think that's bad? Right? <laughs> just, just you wait until 2023. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, you gotta consider that people made way less money then than they do now. You know, like most people probably made like you know two or three dollars an hour. Yeah. Um. So when you're paying. Well, maybe a little more than that. I would say the average person probably made more than that. But, like, you know, I think minimum wage was like $2 and something an hour, $3 an hour. Yeah. So when you're making, like, you know, when you're making $3 an hour, 
and you're spending two dollars on a piece of on you know on a thing of bread or whatever that's expensive but yeah i mean it, it is interesting though because they have the exact same problems that we do now yeah um you know in 1981 inflation was a huge issue just like it is right now and she's a nurse too uh, that's a pretty uh well-paying job yeah, I mean, she's a British nurse. She probably doesn't make as much as an American nurse would make. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a pretty well paint. Good. Well, that's another thing that's annoying to me about this movie and all movies like this. So she can afford to live in London in an apartment by herself. Yeah, it's it's like every New York City movie where like the guy lives in an apartment by himself. Like, there's no fucking way. Yeah, no. like you know, rent in New York City is like three thousand dollars a month. Like, yeah. you know, there's no way anybody with a normal and the, and job they never work and like they. Yeah, and you might no, see him at right. work like maybe once or twice in the whole movie. Right. It's a trust. So like, I doubt that she would be able to afford to for that apartment in real life. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been as expensive then as it is now. I'm well, sure. she did say like I, I can only live within my means. I was like, damn, it's a nice place for your fucking means. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, she lives by herself, which yeah. is more than most people that I know live currently. So they're on a bus. They see a bunch of punkers, uh, London punkers. And then they go back to her place. They should. I like this scene, by the way, Allison. This is a. This is right up my alley. So they go back to the house. She's like showing him around the place. And they see the bed, yeah. right? And and he's he's he's, <laughs> yeah. he's all. David's like, well, there's only one bed here. And she's like, well, you know. She's like, listen, it's not my habit to bring home strange American men, but I find you very attractive and sad. And sad. I've only had a little sad. I've only had seven lovers in my life, and three of them were one night stands. It's a little bit too much information, but okay, I can go with this. I don't know why I'm saying this right now, but let me go take a (laughs) shower while you watch the telly. And then they start kissing and fucking in the shower. I was like, brother. Yep. That's the way you do it, my boy. David up here, he ain't playing no, you ain't playing around, brother. He's like, I'm trying to get some strange here in British, and I'm getting this strange, brother. This girl likes yeah, me. This movie's, this movie's only 97 minutes long. We gotta yeah. get to it. So they start fucking and kissing in the shower. Uh, they start fucking to some moon song. Alright. And then uh, apparently this is longer scene. So you know he's giving her the, the werewolf dick. Alright. Yep. I thought you know I swear to like not to um, jump the head. But I swear I I thought they were going to pull a, the, uh, the beast and the magic sword gimmick. Where she, we, we find out at the end that she was pregnant with his werewolf kid or some shit. You know what I mean? And that'd be the way that they would make the sequel, right? Yeah, I swear. That, like, I, when I saw that scene, like, I had to rewind the scene, uh, the, the end scene, which we'll talk about. But I swear they're going to use that gimmick right when I saw this going on. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't go that way. Okay? No, we didn't. So now, let's see. So now... Uh, th- after they're done fucking, all right. Uh, so now Jack, he, he takes a piss and stuff, and he's walking around the house. I thought he was gonna leave, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, fuck that. I was like, all right, well, you know, I just came here to fuck her, and now I'm leaving. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But he gets out to pee. Yeah. yeah, he just gets out to pee, and now now Jack is here. He finds Jack again, and Jack's like a little bit. Every time we see Jack, he's more like melted, I guess. And David yeah. still thinks he's going crazy, just seeing things. And and Jack Jack says, "Oh, I came here to warn you and stuff, you know." Uh, he's like, and then like David's like, "I'm not taking orders from a walking meatloaf." <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. 
Because Jack is still keeping him, like, telling him, like, listen, bro, you got to kill yourself because you're going to be killing people and I don't want to get out of my limbo stage. So then Alex wakes up and then David's still saying, like, I think I'm crazy. Like, at least David's very honest with this girl. To be honest with you, it's probably in his favor. Because I think if he wasn't honest with this girl, he wouldn't have got the sex. So now he's just being honest with her. And, like, every time he's honest with her, it turns her moron. I was like, damn, okay. Yeah. Well, that's what that's yeah. what she says. I like yeah. his forthrightness. Yeah. So you know, so she likes the fact that he's honest. Um, I'm guessing this is her day off because when they're having because they're she's getting off in the morning. Yeah. Um, because she works at night. But then, when they're having sex, it's nighttime again. Well, no, like they got home, they got in the shower, they had sex, and then this is the in the middle of the night. This doesn't happen in the morning. Right when when um. When David talks to Jack, it was in the middle of the night. Uh, right, but doesn't she work nights at the hospital? No, no. I guess she had the morning shift for the next part. Well, then, if that were the case, she wouldn't be in the hospital when he uh, turned into a werewolf. She'd be at home. Well, maybe she has rotating shifts. I don't know. <laughs> or I guess it doesn't matter. Anyway. So she tells... Uh, so Jack... So Jack is telling him like he he saw. So David is telling her that she saw Jack again, okay. And he was asking about the. Then he starts bringing up the werewolf movie, the old one and stuff, and the plot of it, saying the only person that can kill the werewolf was his love. All right. And then she's like, she's like, I like I like you because you know you're attractive and you're sad at the same time. I was like, okay, well, fuck. Okay. So then we cut to uh, some more of the mountains on here. And then now, I guess, the doctor, he wants to do some investigation, brother. All right? Don't call me Sherlock Holmes. All right? He goes to the slaughter lamb. And he goes in there. And he tries to order a tea, but they don't have it. He's like, well, I'll just take a Guinness. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, brother. We need more Guinnesses in horror movies. Well, she pours from a bottle, which is kind of gross, but that's okay. I think that's how they I guess do you it. You can't there. always have it on. Well, they have it on tap too, but bar uh, pubs are really weird there. So yeah. maybe they maybe they didn't have a license for Guinness. Um, I, I think it's weird though that the doctor would. Well, I guess not. I guess the doctor did kind of believe something weird was going on because yeah. you know, like like the, the cops, like, well, we got witnesses, so we're just going to close this case. And then he, then the doctor decides that well, there's something weird going on, yeah. so I'm going to go investigate. Well, you know, like I, I was saying, he thought it was weird that the uh, David just got into his care and he was basically all patched up and healed. He was right. just like, and then how, you know, obviously they're saying like, how did this guy come all the way from like almost like three hours away and shit? So you know, there's a little, little. He wanted, to, he wanted to get more answers for his questions, so he thought he would just visit the slaughtered lamb. And then when he was talking to people, like, "Oh, how about those two dead American kids?" <laughs> like, and then everybody kind of looks at him <laughs> weird and shit. And uh, you could tell that the dark guy is uncomfortable, so he leaves. And eventually, he so, start. Okay, I was gonna say. So this is another thing about another scene that I was talking about. It's like what what these people are doing there, because the guy leaves right because he's and he says. Then the bald guy says, "Where are you going?" And he says, "I'm gonna go check on the dogs." Yeah. And he said the dogs are fine. Dogs are so fine. that implies, yeah. So that implies that they know about like he's going to go check on the werewolves. Is what I, the way I took that. Although they just normal dogs. 
I don't think so. I, I think that he was like going to like, I don't know, not not necessarily literally check on them, but like there's something going on with this town where they know that there are werewolves and that they're well, more they, comfortable with the werewolves than outsiders are. Well, yeah, I mean, they know about the werewolves being there, but I don't know if they just have a bunch of them just hanging around. I mean, it's possible, but they didn't really explain that. Um, and then, you know, he, the, the doctor does ask about the star too. And they says, well, it's been here for since, you know, for centuries. You just don't want to take it down. Yeah. But the star is there to protect them from the werewolves cause they can't come in there. So maybe at all their homes, right. they have that. So I guess, I guess it was kind of maybe implied that there's multiple werewolves in this place, but that is left over for the book. Allison. Yeah, I mean, I assume that that's why they were in the slaughtered lamb because yeah. well, if they spend the night there, then they're protected from the werewolf, and they do that one night a month, and that's what protects them. So now the the doctor's asking for some food, and he says, "There's no food, nothing for you, nothing for you here, sir." So the doctor just leaves. He's about to leave. It's raining outside. And he sees the dark guy. And he starts talking to the dark guy. And this is when the dark guy, you know, says, like, you know, there's something wrong with this place. And, uh, you know, the, he, it's almost a full moon. And that guy, that David guy, he's going to change. He's going to turn into this beast and stuff. There's no stopping him. You know, you, you got to kill him and something like that. And then the ball guy comes out and like, stop it. That's enough. So you can tell, like, this, yeah. the, the ball guy, he is, you know, like we were saying earlier, he's either covering it all up because maybe he is a werewolf or he's covering it yeah. all up because he's like super duper in fear about it. So it's one of the two. Right. So now this is when Alex goes to work the next morning. Cause she got the morning shift. Right. And she left some pills for David. David gets locked out, but he can also see that there's dogs and cats growling at him. So there's something weird going on there. And he gets back inside and he starts looking, looking around. This is when you just see him like, you know, pacing back and forth he tries to watch some TV about some Nina character. I guess she was like some sort of like famous character who was doing a, 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 one of those, what is it called? Character exposed. And Yeah, he, I don't know. I, I'm sure it's a British thing that I don't know about. Yeah. And he's still not hungry. But I thought it was in the afternoon, though. Well, what morning like, afternoon? It's, to... it's morning afternoon. I mean, it's daylight outside. They didn't give us an exact time. When she was coming That's to work. True. That's true. <laughs> that would have been funny, though. Alex goes to work, 9.15. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then uh, Alex is, uh, um, he's wandering around the house, right? And then uh, then we have uh, Dave. David is wandering around the house. He, he's just very un, 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 uneasy at this time. He's wandering around the house very uneasy. And then Alex keeps t- t- taking care of that no kid, Ben. Yeah. And then this is when it happens. It randomly is nighttime, so I guess I guess you're right. Maybe she came in like in the afternoon, because like it was nighttime pretty quickly. Unless unless maybe I don't know, man. Maybe she's working one of them ten hour shifts. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe she works really long shifts. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe. So he's like walking around the house bored, and he's like, yeah. "I'm still not hungry." And then he gets locked out of the house. Yeah. So now it's a um, boy. He's in the house yeah. now. He's reading a book. All right, and then yeah. it randomly turns into a full moon, and then he just freaks out. All right, he's turning to a moon. There's this fifties music going on, and then he says, "Shit, maybe I shouldn't have called you uh, a, a meatloaf, Jack. I didn't mean it." 
And then you get, we can see the cool, slow transformation of him turning into the wolf man at this time. Yeah. So now he's outside. We see this guy named Harry and his wife are coming home. And Harry wants to scare this guy named Sean. So they go into the back of the house. But then they get attacked by David. He's in full werewolf mode now. And the wife of Sean sees it. And she says, oh, I might, the hooligans are back out there in the back. There's something going on back there. And now the doctor... Yeah, the werewolf is killing them. Yes. She's like, the hooligans are back. <laughs> so now the doctor's back at the hospital. And he asks, like, hey, Alex... Or he's asking the staff, has like anybody seen Alex? Or has, I need to talk to her. All right, I need to I need to know if she's seen David after his release. And Alex is like, yes, I've seen him after his release. He's like, get in my office because she thinks he's in trouble fraternizing with the patients, you know? Right. Um, and then so now she he he's asking her like, hey, you know. So, like, you know, what's going on? I'm worried about David and stuff. You know, where's where, where's he at? She's like, well, she, he's at my flat. All right? And he's like, okay, give me your phone number. All right? So then we have that guy named Sean. He was the looking outside, too. And David's not answering the phone. And he was asking her, like, hey, have you heard about the werewolf theory that's going on? That's what the, the doc is asking Alex about. And then the the doctor tells Alex is like yeah like all the files that were about this murder are all gone, and when I went to go talk to the community, I could tell they're all lying about the story. Yes. All right. So they're saying like he will turn into a werewolf. All right. And he, you know since he survived the attack, he probably has a werewolf foot in him now. Maybe I should call the police. All right. So this is when we get the whole and scene. tell him that there's a werewolf. Yeah, how did that go anyway? Like, he didn't even, like, even, like, <laughs> they didn't see it. He said he was going to call the police, but, like, he there's no police right. happened this part of the movie. Right. So. Right. So, I mean, because he probably realized that, well, who, why why am I going to call them the police and tell them this guy's actually a werewolf? There's going to yeah. think I'm crazy, too. Pretty much. So then we have some homeless people by the bridge, and they see something. Very short scene. You could tell they cut out something. Then we have a yeah. bus station guy who is a suit. who's going to have a very confusing name coming up here pretty soon. And uh, he hears a noise and he eventually gets... Uh, he's running through the uh, the the uh, train station. And I did notice yeah. a couple signs. I noticed the Wendy's sign. All right, And of course, <laughs> how could you miss the non-stop orgy... See you next Wednesday. See sign. you next Wednesday, which we're going to see part of. See you next Wednesday in a little bit. Yes. Um, but yeah, that was the uh, Tottenham Court uh, tube station. I, I have pictures of that. I I went there when I when I went to London. Oh, nice. So I took some pictures of that. Does it uh, look like that shit or what? Station. Yep, it looks exactly like that. Does it still have that orgy Except sign they, there? They, they no longer have the orgy sign. Fuck. I knew you were going to bring that up. But yeah, it looks almost exactly like that. But I fucking awesome. I would have took so many pictures by that. That's a weird. Uh, well, when we get there, I gotta ask you about that too. <laughs> so, well, runs, I mean, the whole idea of um, porn theater is pretty weird these days. Yeah, like there's like four dudes in there. Like, what were they doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he runs away from the wolf, and he this guy like this actor guy fell on an escalator, brother. Oh, 
That's fucking ugh. Right, the escalator is freaking me out, man. You know what I mean? Like you can get yeah, your well, I mean, foot yeah, caught in there, your hard, hair right? caught in there, and shit. And this guy just fell right on one. Right. Yeah, I mean they're sharp and the edges will stick in your knees if you yeah. do fall on one. It's kind of this sucks. Guy, I wonder how many. This takes is the first did. time we. Uh, I don't know. Probably not very many. I'm guessing, but um, this is the first time we get to see any any large amount of the werewolf. Yeah, a little bit because it yeah. walks into the scene. Yeah, it walks into the scene when it's going up to kill the guy on the uh, yeah. escalator. And by the way, we're like saying it deserved winning this award because everything looked great. Fuck yeah, it looked fantastic. So then we cut to the zoo. All these animals are freaking out, and then we have a naked David yeah. in the wolf cage. He's like, yeah. oh, what the hell's going on here? So he climbs out naked. All right. And then Alex is talking to the doctor about David not coming home last night. And then we have David running through the zoo naked. Runs into an old lady. Ha, ha, ha. Comedy. And then David talks to a kid with balloons through a bush. All right. Yeah. Well, so speaking of things that you couldn't do in a movie today, he, yeah. he offers the kid. He's hiding in the bushes, and he offers yeah. the kid a pound for two his pounds, balloons. Brother. Two, two pounds is what he ends up getting. Yeah, yeah two pounds for his balloons. But and I don't think he even gave him a pound. I think, just, I think he just tricked them and took his no, balloons. No, he just stole them. Yeah, because he said, I'm the naked balloon thief, remember? Yeah. And then, and like, then he's he, running through the... Yeah, he steals the lady's red coat. And then the, yeah. only, the, only, the only part I thought this movie, when the kid came up to the, <laughs> to the mom, was like, a naked American man stole my balloons. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> that part was cool. Yeah. So now the doctor is reading the newspaper on all those victims, and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he killed six people that night. Six people, brother. He's like, oh, shit. That theory might be right. So now David is in line, I guess, to get into the apartment with a red jacket on, which is weird. And he's getting on the bus. Oh, that was the bus? Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know how he had money to get on the bus or nothing, but he was like, that, oh, how's the That was weather? a question I asked. <laughs> that's the question I asked at the beginning well, of the show. I have like, an answer. How, oh, yeah. how was he able to get on the bus with no money? Well, okay. Besides maybe in the red jacket there being some money, I'm going to guess he did some sexual favors. Okay. I'm going to say that um, he, he was dressed so strange that they were like, I don't want to mess with this freak. I'll just let him ride the bus for free. Oh, that works too. So now David's back and he's talking to Alex about how he woke up in the zoo and he's not sure what happened last night. All he remembers is her leaving and then him uh, sneaking back inside and reading a book. And the doctor calls up, asks about David and the doctor says, bring him to the hospital right away. And then... um, David's feeling all types of good. He says he feels so great. He's touchy-feely. He could tell he wants to do some sex with Alex right now. But she's like, right, now we got to go to this hospital to go you know, visit him. So they get into a taxi. All right? Yep. And he's trying to fuck in the taxi. Yeah. All right? That werewolf blood brother is pumping. Which kind of makes sense. So, you know, he fed. I guess werewolves are kind of like vampires now where they feed on... In, well... Well, okay, hold on a second here. So a werewolf is obviously a meat eater. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, yeah. I don't remember in the werewolf lore where blood gives them energy. Well, I think that it's more of like a uh, a primal thing. Like, you know, like he has a wild animal running through him now. Gotcha. 
Like he's not like that's the whole werewolf thing, right? Yeah. Like that's the whole that's the whole werewolf story. So like you know, so like the werewolf is like a he's unencumbered by society. You know, he doesn't have to worry about putting on a suit and going to his job and you know being a button down asshole. He's like he's just like a wild animal. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah, look, werewolf stories have been different. Like originally. Um, like the German pagan werewolf stories, the werewolf was considered a good thing. He wasn't a bad thing. Um, he would protect travelers and, um, the werewolf was a good, was a good omen. Um, but then somewhere along the way, it got turned into an evil thing. I'm guessing it has something to do with the church coming along, but that would just be a guess. So now they're in the taxi. Now the taxi driver was like, Hey guys, heard about those six murders that happened last night? Yeah. All the bodies got mutilated. Some gross shit here. And Dave yeah, was like, kind of animal killed him. <laughs> so Dave was like, oh, fuck, pull over. Fuck. <laughs> and then, like, Alex is trying, like, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, like saying, like, hey, we don't know if it was you. I was like, I'm pretty sure it was this crazy guy. All right. And he's like, wow, Jack's great, me. right? Like, yeah. We don't know if it was you. It could have been some other werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> and then and he was like, Jack was right. All right. And then Alex tells him, like, you know, like, so basically, David wants to turn himself into the cops and lock him up. Yeah, he's trying to get arrested. Yeah, yeah, but Alex is saying, like, no, we got to go back to the doctor. He might find something else to do. All right? And then David's just, like, begging this cop. He just finds a random cop, and he's begging him to take him in. The cop's like, get out of here, you crazy man. And he's like, well, yeah. Well, the, the, the fucking queen is a man. Will that get yeah. me arrested here, brother? Huh? And he's losing it in front of the crowd and everything. And then he eventually tells Alex. So he does the old... I've only met you for two days, but now I'm in love with you, Alex. Gimmick. We've all Uh-oh. had the, we all have those friends before. Yeah. Now she's the one that can kill him, right? Yeah. Even though she doesn't even kill, him. but we'll get there. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't happen. But but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that's like an English thing, though. Like like saying bad things about the royal family will get you arrested in England. Well, it didn't work here. He just told him to go bug it off there. Yep. And he can't remember what he did at all. Alright, and then now we see the doc, he's talking to Scotland Yard again about David. Alright, and they're basically, Scotland Yard is like, they're, they're basically saying like, you know, we'll find this guy. You know, we'll find the killer yeah. and we'll definitely find David, you know, and see what's going on. So David is uh, calls, uh, I guess, his sister Rachel. Alright, and he's yeah. basically, this is a sad scene too. He's basically saying like, hey, you know, tell mom and dad that I love them and I, and I, I can't believe they they let you stay alone by yourself at ten years old. They let me, they never let me do that before, and he loves her and tell mom and dad that he uh, loves them as well too. And then during this, he was trying to cut his wrist, but he can't do it. All right, right. So in this scene, I see what you're talking about. So this yeah. scene comes immediately. Like there's a scene where he tries to kill himself, mm-hmm. and he's saying goodbye to his sister, his little sister. And that become that comes immediately after a slapsticks comedy scene of the two detectives because the, the clutch detective almost runs into the door and then he stops and he opens the door and goes through it. Yeah. So like like right after this like you know slapstick scene with these two cops, we have a scene where yeah. David tries to kill himself. Fucking serious shit. And then next yeah. thing we know, he can't do it. And he sees dead Jack, who's all fucking mutilated, at the orgy house. <laughs> At the yeah, the porn theater. Yeah, but he's also using like the world's dullest pocket knife that I've ever seen. But yeah, so he goes up to the orgy because I guess Jack goes inside to the orgy house, 
Why does he go in there? Well, you know, he, it, when you're in, well, I, I got a perfect, you know, why, Allison? Because when you're in limbo and life or death, you still want to watch him sex, brother. Maybe you do. Because he walks mm-hmm. up and he's like, um, yeah. he's like, he's like, how much is it? And she's like, uh, she's like two pounds, 80 or something. Yeah, like two that. pounds, and 80 cents. Yeah. To get into yeah. the orgy. And then the, and then the movie was fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> the you didn't think was... the movie was funny? No, no, I got, I got that part was funny. This whole scene, this part, this part was good. Like, I don't know why it was here, but it was good. So, first of all, we have four dudes, not counting David, yeah. not counting David and um, Jack, that are in the theater. Allison, you ever been to a right. porn orgy theater before? Absolutely not. That's one thing that I can equivocally like, do you say. Buy popcorn? I have never, you, ever, ever been to a porn like, theater. Like, do you bring a date? Do you do you bring popcorn? Are we having hot dogs here? I, like, like, how does I, this well, work? I'm certainly not buying the popcorn that they sell there. That's for goddamn. Do you just sure. whip it out, or what, really, what happens? <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's what happens. Like, you know what Pee Wee Herman got arrested for? I thought that was at a like, strip club. No, I thought he was at a porn theater, and he was like. Uh, uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. But. So I'm not a porn theater yeah, I don't expert, know, I guess. But I don't know if it just looks like a normal theater where you just show a sex tape on, 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 the, on the film and the guy, you just watch nope. it like you're watching some sort of like classic, like, you know, fucking uh, <laughs> some Martin Scorsese film or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that it did because that's what, um, for a couple reasons, you got to consider two things. So like a lot of, you know, there's grind houses on 42nd Street that we talk about a lot. They weren't just showing horror movies and kung fu movies. They were showing a lot of stuff like this, too. In fact, most of it was this. Um, and the same with Piccadilly Circus in London. But if you think about it, like in the 70s and very early 80s, where would people have watched a porn movie if it wasn't in a movie theater? Yeah, like yeah. you couldn't watch it at home. You know, you couldn't watch it at home. Yeah. there's no, The Internet doesn't exist. So, like, where where else would you watch porn if it wasn't in movie theaters? That's true. Um, so, most porn throughout history has been made for movie theaters, actually. I wonder if there was um, a... I uh, think it's still fucking weird, but... I wonder if there's, like, a... You know, they're taking notes. Oh, yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I think they're just watching that and jacking off and leaving is what I think they're doing. So, now so now Jack and David, they're talking, right? And every time we, we can hear, like, an orgy in the background where they're talking... And yeah. he, he's like, he basically what he's doing right now is showing uh, David all his victims. All right. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the movie is great, by the way. <laughs> but, so like the movie is great because it's just a, a guy and this big tit girl. All right. And yeah. then they're about to fuck. And this guy comes in <laughs> and he's all like, what are you doing here? It's like, and then the girl's like, well, I don't really know you. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just leave then. And he just leaves. Well, I mean, he, well, he comes in and he says, I told you not to do this anymore. And she says, um, um, and, uh, um, she says, um, I don't know you. And then he's like, not you. And then the guy's like, he's like, and he makes some excuse for it. And then the guy's like, all right, very well. Then it turns around and walks out the door. Yeah. So yeah, it was just kind of this weird, like, I don't know. It was really, I don't know. I thought it was really funny, but in this weird way. So now uh, uh, Jack is doing his best um, Scrooge, you know, where he's bringing up all the ghosts that uh, that yeah. our boy David killed. So he had the guy from the subway who he's in limbo now, and he's saying like, hey, you know, uh, you, you, you killed me, and I, you, I had a family and kids and everything, and look what you did to me. You need to kill yourself. 
And then, then Jock's yeah. like, okay, now I meet Harry and, and, and Judith. And they're like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> like, very, very friendly. It's like, hey, meet Alf. And then meet Ted. And then this is Joseph, too. And you took all their own stuff. And they're all basically saying, like, you got to take your own life so we can be not in limbo anymore. And they are not, uh, they're not dead. They're the undead. All right. And then right. they're trying to figure <laughs> out different ways that uh, David can kill himself. One of them is hanging. Jack's like, oh, that probably won't work. That'll probably just be a little painful. I was like, what about some pills? And he's like, well, you know, what about a gun and a knife? All right. <laughs> and then, he, yeah. and then the, the subway guy is like, well, he's like, he's like, if you put it in your mouth, you're guaranteed not to miss. Yeah. But like, they're like, I think it's hilarious how they're talking in such an upbeat way about different ways that he could kill himself. Yeah. While there's like a sex weird. going on on the, in the back. Right. So now it's like dark outside. And then this is like, I guess it was too late. So the full moon, full moon is happening. And now David is turning into the werewolf in the orgy house. Yeah. And then I guess this old guy is looking at him, transforming, and he tells him to run. What if the old guy had a stiff while he was looking at him? So now... Um, I don't know. Like, I thought that was weird because that's the guy that was sitting, like, in the second row or whatever. Yeah. And now he's, like, staring at him. Well, you know, he, they, that movie got him all hot and wild, brother. He's ready to go. I guess so. That's something you never want, probably never want to happen in a porn theater. Something yeah. staring at you. But anyway. So he starts uh, acting all up and stuff. And then the uh, the usher guy, he's going to check the theater. Because he hears, like, some commotion going on. And they... He, he, we can see, like, Dave is turning to full werewolf now. And he's freaking out. And the cops are coming to the uh, to the ticket boother girl, too. And the cop scene, come, he comes in there and he sees a bunch of dead bodies. And then he eventually sees David eating a body through the wolf. So he goes out of there and he locks up the place. And then the, uh, the, the cops and the... Uh, some more cops and the inspectors all show up too. And then David, as the werewolf, breaks free. And he starts attacking people on the street. I thought this scene was pretty wild. Where he gets out of the, the orgy house and he starts attacking people. We just have all these cars and buses crash into each other. Everybody's running into each other and, you know, mayhem's happening. Uh, David is like going all the way through the, through the streets and stuff and attacking people. And then Alex yeah. was sleeping, but then the doctor wakes him up saying, Hey, somebody told me that there's a mad dog downtown. And she's like, Oh shit, it's David. It's got to be David. <laughs> yeah. So the cops, uh, but this whole, yeah, go ahead. This whole scene here in Piccadilly Circus was pretty. Yeah. The way that they shot the scene, and they wouldn't let them close down the streets. So they basically had all of this planned out um, on a piece of paper. That's cool. And they had all the stunt drivers ready, and they just had to wait for the light to change in the correct way. And yeah. then they did the stunts, and then cleared the street before it changed back the other way. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty well done. Like I, I thought it was good. Like the bus crashing, the guy crashing into the girl, and you know the the other guy crashing into the uh, the cop into the one car. So it was it was yeah. pretty good. It was pretty good. Like pretty creative and a lot of mayhem going on. And that was John Landis who went through the window. Yes. So we have through the uh, plate glass window. Yeah. Took a big bump there. So the cops are getting their we- ready, their weapons ready. And David, he's running all the way throughout downtown. Alex is like gets in the car, but then she gets out of the car and she runs towards the madness. And I couldn't believe this. So Alex just uses her women's powers and just breaks through this whole police <laughs> blockade 
to go essentially in, yes to go inside like a little hall like the little um what do you call alley. it uh, alley to yeah. go see david as a wolf all right so she goes there she sees david as the wolf and she's 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 calling out for david and so she's like hey they're gonna kill you david it's like please let me help you and she's like i love you too david and then david looks at her as a wolf he's still a wolf and then he leaps at her and then the cops shoot his ass down and then when we did it when they shoot when they shoot him he turns back into a normal man david he's all dead now yep we have the shot of alex and her face slowly goes to sadness she starts crying and the movie just fucking ends and I was like, that's yeah, like good. it had a really quick, it had a really quick yeah. ending, didn't it? Like, yeah, just out of nowhere. You expect this? Was yeah, that supposed you to be funny? This big long climax. No, I don't think so. You, you expect this big long climax, and yeah. then all of a sudden they just shoot him and he dies. Like, is then they got that boobop sound, like a fucking song playing <laughs> at the end. And then, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, the so blue the, moon, yeah, yeah, but the uh, yeah the blue moon remix version. And that's yeah. what I'm saying, though, with this last scene, I had to re- I actually had to rewind it like three times to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I was like, yeah. that was such a we- yeah. weird stop. And it was such a, like, a sad yeah. ending. Like, they, they weren't able to help this man. You know, they weren't. And then Alex, you yeah. know, fell in love with this guy. And it's not like she pulled she the trigger or him. nothing. No. All right. And then she couldn't help yeah, it's him. It's not like the fly. Hmm. Yes. So it was it, it was um, a sad ending for a supposedly funny movie. Well, yeah, it had a really sad ending, and then all of a sudden it this goes into the bomb, 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 bomb. Yeah, <laughs> the movie music at the end. It's fucking weird, so, man. I'm know. just saying it's just a little weird. <laughs> it's okay? fucking weird. Like, it was a really weird movie the way it's made. If you think about it, the overall plot is actually kind of sad. It's like a, two guys go yeah. to London to get some ass. They get attacked yeah. by an ancient werewolf. One of them dies. One of them turns into a werewolf. One of them's in limbo. The guy finds his 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 true love with the, only for two days. Some British girl that he's in love with. I guess she's a good lay too. All right, he's he's on uh, top of the so, world. Yeah. He kills about six people as a werewolf form. Nobody knows how to help him. The fucking slaughter land people are no help. The police are no help. Right. The doctors are no help. He turns into a werewolf. He causes mayhem down the streets, and we shoot his ass, and that's it. But that's what they're saying, like you know, like when when it was like it's why it took him twenty years to get it made or ten years yeah. to get it made because he was. It's like people who read the script thought it was too scary to be a comedy, but it was too yeah. funny to be a horror movie. But yeah, you're right. It's it's got humor stuck in it in weird places yeah. for some reason or for no reason so, really. So you um, know, you know, you, you can give your final thoughts, but like, you know, really quick, me like like I said, I thought the plot line was great. I thought the actors were great. I thought the uh, the look of the film was great. The effects were great. Um, I do like the orgy house. I thought that was funny in there. There were some good. Yeah. There were some okay funny scenes. But like I was saying before, I think there were some scenes that were supposed to be funny that actually took a little bit away from the film, at least for me. Because I thought the overall story was more, more of a serious... Uh, what do you call it? more of a serious story and it just had like these random yeah. like semi-funny moments for some reason so yeah like it like those funny scenes are very much like john landis's other movies like if you watch animal house or the blues brothers you'll have they'll have scenes like just like it in that but those are full-on comedies yeah and this is like a horror movie 
but also a comedy. But it's not like horror comedy either. It's kind of different. It's like it's weird. It's really strange. It way is it's strange. Made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I give you that. It is a really strange one. So, but yeah, I mean, very, uh, very famous movie. I'm glad we got to do it. And um, I mean, you got any final thoughts on the on the film there, Allison? I mean, that's a classic. I mean, I love this movie. I mean, I absolutely love this movie, and um, I've seen it tons and tons and tons of times. Like, I, I don't even know how many times I've seen it. Um, you know, I bought I've bought it on 4K Blu-ray. I bought it on regular Blu-ray. I bought it on DVD. The only thing I don't have a VHS copy. But Did I have a laser disc? About every other form. I don't have a laser disc either. I've never owned a laser disc player or any laser discs. But um, but yeah, I, I love this movie. I I don't even know how long ago it's been since I've seen it. I mean, I saw it sometime. I don't know. It was one of the movies that I rented when I was a kid. So nice. But yeah, I I've, I I love this movie. Absolutely love it. But yeah. Yeah, very uh, very interesting take on a werewolf story. So, but everybody, that has been the Retro Blood Werewolf Month. So we definitely gonna to yeah. uh, revisit it, revisit this month again because, like we were saying at we the will. beginning of this month, there's like a thousand 1980s werewolf movies. Right? There are, and uh, we're gonna be going through all of them because that'd be pretty fun to 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 come back to our good old werewolf creature. So, but next mm-hmm. month, brother, I cannot wait. Or actually, coming up next Sunday, I guess, because I don't have to wait that long. Yeah. Because the retro blood is entering our Christmas horror movie month, brother. And if you guys oh, been listening to classic. this classic, classic, brother, if you guys been listening to this podcast for all, you know that your boy over here is a big fan of Christmas holiday horror movies i think i got i think i got allison on that train too i know he's excited about them as well always man always and uh, we got a good schedule Eventually, we'll everybody. run out of christmas horror movies but not yet yeah and we got a good schedule for everybody so i'm not going to give away the one we're going to do on christmas eve because i want that one to be special yeah but we're going to start next week here on the retro blood we're going to be we're going to be going back to england in a way because we're going to be nice. talking about the movie Don't Open Up Until Christmas, brother. Uh, this is going to be something else. Have you have you ever even seen this movie before, Allison? Nope. Never. Well, I hope your holiday will not be ruined, okay? Because this one is a uh, it's a very interesting movie. I remember watching it a long time ago and I was confused. So now we could be confused all here together on the Retro Blood and after that one, we're going to be talking about the dorm that drip blood. And I know what you're all thinking, what the fuck? It's like, apparently this movie takes place on Christmas. So there you go, brother. And so it counts. It counts. Well, you know, there's, like a yeah. thousand, there's not like a thousand 1980 Christmas theme movies like there is nowadays. You know, it's something I want to get into when we get into that month. So we got to kind of pick and choose a little bit over here. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. Of, and then of course, before we get to the uh, Christmas Eve Retro Blood um, holiday movie, we're going to be talking about one of John Carpenter's classic, Christine, which I've never seen, so I'm pretty excited about watching this one. Yeah, which also apparently takes place at Christmas. Yes, supposedly. And we'll probably have a Lights Out um, I'm still debating if we'll have time to do one or not. 
Um, but we, we might do a lights out on like a uh, modern day um, Christmas movie as well too. So we'll we'll see we'll see what the uh, what the schedule looks like there. But um, speaking of lights out, you know everybody check it out because the lights out did drop a podcast on Thanksgiving talking about oh, yeah. Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, which was a super fun episode. Um that we talked about the full review, what we thought about the movie compared it to this whole 2007 trailer. So check it out. I know we get, we getting some good reviews about that show as well. But Allison, what Rolling Stone song should we play when we get on out of here? Um, in true David fashion, we might as well play Start Me Up by the Stones. Ooh, Start Me Up, brother, because, you know, he definitely got started up. Bro, this guy got started up more yeah. than anybody. I mean, he yeah. went out. Especially to once he got that werewolf blood in him. Bro, once he got that werewolf blood in him, like this guy, you cannot stop him from eating fucking. All right? Yep. Can't do it at all. So. But everybody, thanks for joining us here on our werewolf month here on the Retro Blood. Come join us next month. For our Christmas holiday extravaganza month. I cannot wait to get into all those movies. For Allison, I'm James Klein. We will see you here next week. See you guys.